What I love most about Mi Gente is our community and how important it is to take care of our own. Hey, it's Honey and Carolina. On our podcast, Life in Spanglish, we talk about how important being there for your loved ones is. Pero también sobre lo importante que es tener a alguien dispuesto a apoyarte cuando lo necesites, como lo hace State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. You ever heard the phrase, the more things change, the more things stay the same? And while we love the excitement of new things, it's also nice to have the reliability of something constant. Hey, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the Michael Tudor Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. This is the Custard TV podcast. You join us mid-row. I know, it's never like this when you're not here. <laughs> I know it's, we, it's, ne- we never know when I'm not here, do we? No, no, but it's it's, weird, it, it's but... been it's been lovely the last couple of ones we've done. But let me just put something to you. So I've had my niece this weekend, right? Just over two years old, in bed now, sleeping like a sleeping child should. I said to Matt, we might be slightly against the clock because when she comes down, she may may want to play. I may have to end the call. You didn't say, I may have to end the call. Oh, you said, well, I will have to end well, the call. There's always, a bit of wake up, there's always a bit of wake-up time, isn't there, Sarah? Yeah, you but say, it's... I may have to. It's not okay, like... I will have to end the call. If, that, if, if she comes in and says, can we play, I will end the call because... This time is precious. I could do this any time with you. Your face doesn't light up when I, ha- I walk I have into a full-time a job, Luke. If your face doesn't light up when I walk into a room the same way it does for my niece... Well, not... you don't know. I could put my webcam on now and... <laughs> well, you're an uncle too. You should have these problems. Yeah, but, you know, I, I tell her to go away. <laughs> oh, OK. No. That's very different stuff. Very different style of uncling. They, she knows not. She knows not to come in here when I'm busy. Okay. No, that's not true. That's probably not true. Yeah. Um. This is my first podcast that I've been on since the last one I was on. That's how long. It's, it's been, been about a month. But you've helmed the ship well. I appreciate it. How's the How's the new job going? I know you can't say anything because you're. Yeah. Well, I, I I will bring it up when we review one of these shows, oh. but. It, it will be squid, is it squid game squid game yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've had my, my fitting for that uh mask and, okay, and the suits i don't think there's going to be another lockdown i know it's personal choice now with masks but that is the one i want to wear now i won't just be putting on <laughs> those normal ones you can get off amazon those are the ones i'm going to be wearing I'm sure someone's made that joke already, but yeah, I haven't but seen it yet. but not on this podcast, though. Not on this podcast. No. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. The show this week, uh, we've mentioned it already. Squid Game, which is apparently, and the internet believes this, Netflix's biggest show ever. Not their biggest foreign show, 
not their biggest, latest show, their biggest show ever by based on figures. And these figures are the Netflix figures where we only tell you when it's really big and we don't really tell you how else is doing. And it usually means people have watched the show for more than two minutes. In which case, you know, I've made a lot of shows on Netflix big. But Squid Game we're going to be talking about. Also on Netflix Made, starring Margaret Qualley. Um, Sophie Petzl's new ITV drama, Hollington Drive. And a special episode of Only Murders in the Building. We were supposed to be joined by Deborah Shrewsbury, who is a contributor to the site. Her internet let her down and she has sent over her thoughts on the show. Um, Squid Game first, please. And I'd like you to walk us through the basics (laughs) of the plot. (laughs) In this first episode, uh, we meet the this character... The most watched show in Netflix history. Right, okay. Okay. Um, we meet a character called... Is it... G- Do they go by their surname? So they, is it Ji-Hun, they call this yes. man? Yes, yeah, Ji-Hun. Ji-Hun. Ji-Hun's back, yeah. <laughs> who is uh, this guy who lives with his mum. He is separated from his wife. We learn quite early on that he's a gambling addict, that he owes money both to the banks and to some unscrupulous uh, loan sharks. It's uh, his daughter's birthday on the day that we, we meet him. Uh, we sort of follow him, really. Still, you know, he, he's quite a ne'er-do-well character. He steals his mum's bank card. He wins a lot of money in, uh, you know, at the bookies and then lo- loses it quite literally when it falls out of his pocket. Um, he then finds out that his daughter is going to be moving away with her, he, his ex-wife and her new partner to America. Um, he, while waiting for the train, meets a mysterious man in a suit um, who plays a game with him where every time he flips an envelope over, he wins a large amount of money, but if he doesn't flip it over, then he gets to slap him in the face. They have um, stolen that from How I Met Your Mother, haven't they? Slap, slap yeah. bet. It's slap bet, basically, but for money. I, I wonder if we should play that game next time I see you. Um... <laughs> that would make my face light up in a different sort of way. Um... <laughs> He gets the opportunity after this man leaves. He gives him a business card. He says, if you want to make more money, then please contact me. And after learning, you know, about his daughter and learning that if he has financial stability, then he might be able to keep her in Korea. He rings this number. He's bundled into a car. He's knocked out. And when he wakes up, he's in this warehouse-like dormitory with 455 other people. He's number 456. They're all given numbers. They're told that um, I think there's six games in total. And if they don't get eliminated by the end, they get to share uh, in the prize money. Uh, The one catch is the eliminations occur via death. As we learn um, in this in this first game, which is sort of the they call it red light, green light. It's a bit blind man's buff, isn't it? I think is that is that yes. what we would call well, it? What's or... the time, Mister Wolf? What's the time, Mister Wolf? Yeah, that's yeah. the one I was thinking of. It, basically, the the last ten or so minutes is this really sort of horrific go dreamlike game of red light, green light with this massive animatronic doll and people getting gunned down. Um, every couple of seconds and I believe that this is this is going to be sort of the format I have watched a little bit of the second episode so it is a little bit different than I expected 
uh, what happens next. Uh, but as you say, a lot of people have gravitated towards this. I don't know how how long has it been up on on Netflix. Two, two and a bit weeks. Because I've just seen people speak about it now over this weekend. Yeah, so. I had no idea. As far as I was concerned, it wasn't a thing. I didn't know about it. And then I kept getting all these emails saying it's the biggest thing Netflix has ever had in any language across the world. And I just thought, well, we're a TV podcast. We should cover this. But I knew nothing about it at all. It's one of those things where people say everybody's talking about it and I've only just spotted people having murmurings about it, speaking about it. Well, I sort of knew the the concept, you know, I, I'd seen an article on it, ironically, just after you, we decided to watch it right. for the podcast. Okay. And so I knew sort of how the eliminations would take place. But yeah. even then, it is still quite a shocking sequence. I think what I liked, though, is, is um, as you would say, the world building, the fact that we get to spend half an hour or so with Jihun before, you know, he gets bundled into the car and we get the concept of the games as they were. Um, I mean, it's not a new thing, really, this... Um... No, it used to be on Channel 5 years ago. This was how they... That one of their best reality shows. What, Takashi's Castle? <laughs> yeah, then they try and come down on Whittingham and all sorts. It was great. <laughs> Um, No, no, but I mean, like, I I suppose if you've watched a lot of Korean films, a lot of, you know, it reminded me, I think, a lot of people of Battle Royale, and then obviously there was the Hunger Games. Luke, just give me a second. I just need to blow my nose, if that's all right. You don't need to stop the podcast to blow your nose. (laughs) Just tell it you're busy. I don't know why he just doesn't tell his nose. Look, I'm doing a podcast. You can wait till I've finished to, to blow, because I'm busy at the moment. That's what he wants me to do. If some little person wanders in, and I won't do it. I'll refuse. Are you going to keep all that in? Yes, of course I am. It, it illustrates my point. <laughs> We're not live. So I liked, you know, that we spent half an hour or so with, with Ji-Hun before we, you know, it began, and we got to the the games as they were. He, you know, he is this sort of sad sack figure. Uh, but I think you get to sympathise with him to a little, a, a small extent. I don't know if you agree, but the I think what people will remember of this first episode, obviously, is the games aspect, the design of it. You know, all the people yeah. running the game are wearing these masks. All the participants are in these like green jumpsuits with a number on. I, yeah. I. I I, I think the format will be that we get to spend time with the other characters that we meet in the second part of it. Like, for example, one of his school friends he meets is there, and you know he believed that he was this sort of highfalutin finance guy. There, there's also uh, the woman who stole the m- money he won at the betting shop. She's there, and someone she knows from the past. So you get all these ideas. There's this old man who's got a brain tumour, that you get the feeling that these are characters we will see the backstories of as it goes on. I've not got any sort of immediacy to watch the next one, but I am intrigued by the concept. So I agree with you that 15-minute sequence or however long it was when the game started, fascinating, brutal, gripping, really interesting. I did something with this that I'm not proud of, and would if I was listening to this podcast, my eyebrows would raise and I would be instantly irritated because about halfway through i switched to dubbed which i've never done before with a foreign drama i don't advocate it and this is going to make me sound awful but i just found 
in his native language, that lead character was so whiny and pathetic. I really hated him. I didn't like him. I think they focused, in my for me, they focused on the wrong character first. I didn't have any empathy for him. I just saw him as what he was and what he was portrayed as, a complete loser. I'm amazed that people have stuck at it for so long because it doesn't get going. I enjoyed that 15-minute segment, but it doesn't get going for about... 40 minutes uh, hmm. you know, I, I mean i i i'm surprised because you're I, always clamoring yeah. for world building yeah yeah i am they if they'd have focused on the young woman or anybody else i might have felt differently but i just think hmm. as your lead i just found him a pathetic soul and found no interest in his back you know we've seen the father who doesn't want to le lose his daughter to another man and move away to another country i just felt no empathy for him okay, i thought he was a scoundrel and a loser and he stole money from his mother and they had a really bizarre relationship and the mm. korean language was quite whingy and whiny and i just i couldn't get on with it at all obviously when it got to that sequence and they they realize what they've unwittingly signed up for Yes, it's interesting, and I'm really glad there's a TV show out there that's got under people's skin that people are talking about, because that's what we do here, but this one is not for me. Okay, yeah, because I didn't have the same reaction. You know, I, I understand why you had that reaction, but, yeah. I, you know, and I think they explained that this guy, you know, he had a, a steady job, he put his money into several failed businesses, and but he is like, you know, he's a gambling addict at the end of the day, and yeah. this is how gambling addicts are. You know, he has got an illness, and I, I understand how you feel about him, that you feel that he's a loser. But I, it I is... just felt... I felt like there was no nuance to the character. So you could, I could, all the things that you've just said, mm. I could place on my one of my all-time favourite television characters, which is Eddie Fitzgerald and Cracker, played by Robbie Coltrane. There are parallels between the two. They are, they are losers, really. They are gamblers. They are addicted to it. They can't help it. It's part of their DNA. They are horrible to the people around them. But here, I just felt like there were. Robbie Coltrane's character or performance was so full of nuance and humour and mm. I just felt like he spent that hour or 45 minutes moaning and whinging. I just couldn't get on with it. Yeah, I get that. And, I, and maybe it is a little bit of like lost in translation there as well, maybe. Yeah. But he didn't bother me as much. I, I thought yeah. the... The pace of it was enough that I, I it never, you know, I never had those questions. I never thought about that. And and you could see, I think it was quite sweet when you saw him with his daughter and how much he cared about his daughter as well. I I I understand where he was coming from. I think to it enough for me not to have an aversion to him. But would, I just think, I, for me, oh. if they'd have focused on if they'd have focused on him and some of the others and then they mm. were all brought together, I think I would have been more interesting. It just yeah. you know me, I always clamber on about characters and for me he was not an interesting character to so, spend that length of time. Go on. I'm slightly reticent to carry on for two reasons, right? So I loved Money Heist, which is another big Netflix foreign drama from Spain. Um, it was a huge hit. The, they put they brought the original Spanish show and they asked the creator to make more of them and we're now on, I think, Series 5, Part 3. And my worry is with this, it's their biggest show ever. They've already announced a second and a third series. 
is just going to go on and on. And if I'm not that invested at this point... Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals? Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of DIC. You know, am I just wasting my time if it's going to go on for four or five years and I'm, mm. I'm not really into yeah, it? Yeah, no, so no, I, that, that makes sense. And I as I say, you know, I, I, I might go back to see you know how it goes on and i know the these episodes as well apparently range in in sort of running time as well the the shortest one's like 32 minutes which is odd oh wow i mean this is nine episodes so it's not a major time commitment no. and if they I, I know we're getting a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weeks but i'm i may well go back to this as you say it, it is going to be one of those big talks about shows that the, this weekend's binge for a lot of people is yeah. oh i've heard about this you know I i've got to it. watch it because lo- loads of people watch it i mean i i i was i was gripped for the hour you know i, I wanted to see what would happen I, I i couldn't look away certainly in those last we had to read minutes. it so it worked for me but i i don't know if it's something that i i want to watch straight away you know it, i it's something i think you have to be in the right mood for yeah and what did Deborah think of it, Luke? That's a good point. If only I knew. <laughs> Let me go up. Do you want uh, me to, if I've got it here? Yes, go on then. I'm not going to do a voice. Please do a voice. <laughs> Squid Game was startling, although reminiscent of such dystopian fare as The Hunger Games, Battle Royale, and even Logan's Run. Hang on a Run. minute. Did you read this before you wrote No, your, no. You gave me but she said, and even Logan's Run. Although okay. with a with a Kubrick vibe, not just because of its use of Blue Danube on the soundtrack, but also camera angles, looking at characters through windows from above, etc. Interesting view of a very highly computerized market-oriented culture that borders a totalitarian state and is gambling so big in all Far Eastern countries. Uh, weirdly, she thinks Squid Game was the most interesting show of the of the few we're releasing this week. Interestingly, Netflix thinks it's going to be bigger than Bridgerton, well, it already is, but she says she's not quite sure that it has enough of a sympathetic lead. You you do want to know what happens to him. But, but, you, but you disagree with that. But I found him incredibly irritating, and I just wish it had a bit more character to it up until that point. Even this thing in the train station when they were playing that game, I just... You know, See, I found that I found it, and and I agree with Deborah there. Like the 
the cinematography of it and it is gripping and that the editing in that scene it, re- it did really get me and i i'm with her there that you know i I, I was envious of the guy doing the slapping because that's yeah, what i wanted to do but it's him. like and, and his immediate reaction when he won the game was to to want to slap him back and i think it plays on a lot i i i think even if you don't sympathize with him you can sort of understand his reactions when he's plunged into this world. For me, I, I got caught up in, A, I think it went at a good pace, and B, certainly when it got to the the second half and these stark colours and obviously the concept, you, you do get caught up on it, and I and I, I certainly did. And I, I can understand why people continue to watch it, because it is... It's very much a page turner, and I think it's different from something we've seen before. Okay, Netflix's latest show, which annoyingly for me at least, nobody seems to talk about in the same way that uh, Squid Game is going, is made. This stars Margaret Qualley in the lead role. You may know her from Leftovers as Justin Theroux's daughter. You may know her from Fosse Verdon uh, that Matt liked on the BBC a couple of years back. You may even know her from popping up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I've always said to Matt, and he will attest to this, that we think she should be a big star, and uh, this puts her front and centre as single mum, Alex, who in the first episode flees the home she shares with her abusive boyfriend, played by Nick Robinson, with their young daughter, straps her in the back of the car and drives off into nowhere without really a plan of what her next steps are she goes to like this the equivalent what would be the equivalent of it matt i think this is when your knowledge comes in where she goes into that office and is speaking i to don't woman. know you know because it it feels I think it's, it's a social security office in the states yeah it, fe- it felt well it felt sort of dwp but with social workers so which yes. is the department of work and pensions they do have different system over yeah, there. yeah but we you know because it felt half like a sort of you know social work office and then half, and 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 that's something that i will bring up in, in due course uh but and, and then you, you know I suppose because the US has slightly different systems, as they you say, do like a social very security yeah. um, office. Yeah. Go on. So she goes into that and she meets with the woman and she says to her, you know, why did you leave? You're not homeless. No, well, I left because my boyfriend was being abusive. Did you make a phone call to the police? No, I didn't. What would I tell them? I'd just say he didn't hit me. It transpires that to get any financial support, she needs to find herself a job which she finds as the maid of the title. And it's just about her trying to juggle all the problems that life throws at these single mothers. She's got um, a, non, a non-diagnosed bipolar mother played by Andy McDowell, who is a real-life mum. Uh, it's made by the same guy who made ER, John Wells and The West Wing, and uh, took on the uh, US remake of... Um, shameless so it's got a bit of that sort of shameless-esque thing where it's sort of comedic in places when she loses her daughter early on in a custody battle with sean she's sort of thrown into the deep end and doesn't isn't prepared and the judge says legal 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 because it's just um all she can understand so there's a bit of a a a quirky edge to it but on the on the whole uh, i found it really compelling i was all, the show makes sure 
uh, that you're always on her side and that you always feel empathy for her. What did you think, Matt? I think one of the things as well you didn't mention there in your in your sort of setup was that this is based on a memoir. Yes. Um, by Stephanie Land, who's now a journalist, and it is about her working as a maid, as a single mother. I've how many of you watched Luke? Because you've certainly watched the first two, which I've watched. Uh, have you I've watched seen all? the first five? The first, the first five. five. Okay. So yeah, so I watched the first two. For me, what I liked is I I really well I I, I loved the performance by Margaret. Quali, I think she is absolutely brilliant in captivating. this. Captivating. Captivating. She is so good at playing the woman who is wanting to do the best for her daughter. She's realised that she can't stay in this relationship anymore. As you said, you know, she she says when she goes back to the office in the second episode that, you know, I, I don't want to take places away from people who've actually been abused because yeah. what she thinks domestic abuse is, is being actually, you know, Physically hit, abused. Physically abused, yeah, which, you know, is explained to her that's not what that means. And, you know, then, then she gets put into a shelter. Um, and I think when it focuses on that, when it focuses on Alex, when it focuses on the relationship with her daughter, you know, what constitutes domestic abuse, I noticed at the end of the first episode they have got a, yeah. a link. Um, that all worked for me. As you said, it's the quirky edge that, that that got me. The bits where, you know, when she went into the maid, the offices for the maid's job, you know, yeah. the, where they're like based. Porter cabin. Porter cabin at the back of her and, and the woman who runs it. You know, the, the performance from Andy McDowell. I know, obviously, you say she's got mental health issues, but it was it was very sort of scenery chewing. It, it didn't really work for me. And the boyfriend she had who put on an Australian accent for no apparent reason. And the first two episodes didn't really focus on her doing a lot of maid work, even though it's called maids. And actually reading some of Stephanie Land's writing on her working as a maid, it didn't really sort of fit in with what, I, what I'd read of her. I, I think it doesn't have the confidence just to focus on, this is a story about a woman trying her best for her daughter you know, by taking on this cleaning job, it needed all these other little bits of levity, which didn't quite fit in with the bits that I really liked. I also didn't understand why it took two visits to this office for this social worker to go, actually, you are being abused. Here you go, go to a refuge. Whereas actually, she could have had that conversation with her the first time rather than actually here's the number for this woman going clean for her. There's bits of the story that didn't really hang together for me. I, but as I say, I loved it. I, I'm a bit torn because I love Margaret Qualley and I really sympathize with the character. I like when you saw, you know, how charmed she was uh, when she first met, um, what's his name, Sean. Sean. And how quickly it turned around and her telling that story at the uh, the end about when she told him she was pregnant and that she wouldn't get an abortion and, and how long this relationship has been abusive. That will work for me. So I'm really torn in terms of if I continue with it because there's bits I really liked, but p bits that, you know, I was taken out of it because bits of it for me, because this is things that I deal with in my work Your on a life. daily basis. D you know, d domestic abuse, I, I read about it every day. I've had conversations with people who are being abused and like the character here, don't realise it. But I don't believe 
that that scene with the social worker would have happened. She would have gone, you need to go and talk to my friend who runs this maid business. They they would have had that conversation where she said, actually, you are being abused. You know, we'll get you to the refuge. That, for me, would is what would have happened. I know it's a TV show, and I know you've got to have dramatic licence, and I know that probably isn't, you know, like, I suppose, unorthodox, where they used elements of her life in that, didn't they? But the, the yeah. story, her life story is very different from what we saw on the programme. And I think, again, this is probably very similar with Maid and, and, and Stephanie Land's story. But for me, there are bits that I really liked and are really powerful. But then the, the bits that didn't work for me made me sort of lose concentration with it. And I, I, I never sort of fully engaged and immersed myself into it, if that at all makes any sense. No, it does. If, if I didn't do the job that I did and didn't have that connection with the, the domestic world. abuse victims, then I might, you know, you've got that separation from it. You you possibly didn't have those issues with it, or you didn't have those issues with it, clearly. You know, people might not, may be able to enjoy it without that. It's like how police officers separation. can't watch Line of Duty. Mm. They just can't or, do it. Or, yeah, I, I, was ha I was having this conversation at work this week where, you know, they say they were saying, like, detective inspectors going out on jobs, that never happens. Yeah. Um, but, um, for example, my brother watched Industry and hated it because it reminds him of when he works in finance and when he first yeah. started. And you he can't it. You can't turn that yeah. off, can you? But I yeah. think... For me, I, I like. I, I thought the portrayal of of the domestic abuse victim and Margaret quality that that was absolutely brilliant. And the flashbacks where it fell down was that the the people doing the adaptation didn't have the conviction to do a true portrait of this and thought, oh, people aren't going to want to watch this without a bit of levity, without the quirks, without the well, the side characters. We loved Unbelievable. You know, that did have some levity in it in terms of the conversations between Merrick Weaver and Tony Collette and they're almost like gallows. Yeah. And their know. little unit as well. Yeah, yeah and, and that, that side of it. But it never sort of shied away from the, the, the Caitlin Diva storyline and, and that and, and the, the horrific things that had happened to those women. And I think if you'd had like a sort of a quirky side character, I don't think we would have enjoyed that as much. And that's no. how I felt about this. And, and the fantasy sequences as well, and that didn't quite work for me when she has these daydreams of the life that she could have had. And, and you mentioned there the, the custody case. And, the, and then saying legal, legal, legal. And actually, I felt that was a bit of a cop-out rather than them showing why this lawyer was right. arguing for Sean to have, have custody rather than Alex. And and, and again, that, that's another bit that took it out of me because I was like, I feel like you're copping out a bit here and not explaining to me why you feel that the child... I suppose on that case, it was just putting you in her shoes, wasn't it? Yeah, Until no, and I get that. But again, prepared that, she is. There's all these little bits of unanswered questions and things they did, and it and it just didn't gel for me, which is a shame because there's stuff in there that I really, really liked, and I wish I could have just mm. concentrated on it and really loved it in the, in the way that you, you, you clearly did. I'm going to stick up for a little bit and say it does calm down. It does relax. It doesn't rely on those quirks that maybe in another show I'd be saying exactly the same thing about. I think her lead performance is just so interesting, so nuanced, and I love the the fact that it's not a show 
that although it piles it on her, she's not a character that ever lets it get on top of her, really. You don't see her cry at any point. You don't see her scream. You don't see her... Well, actually, you do see her cry. Mm, I was going to say. She loses her daughter, sorry. I just, but, but what my point is that it's not woe is me all the way no, through. No, it's not. She, it's not she never... And, and I think some of the decisions she makes is because she doesn't want to see herself... As the victim. As one of the, yeah, as the victim. And, and, you know, there are bits, you know, you learn about, and I think you see that through the Andy McDowell character, that, you know, she had this uprooted childhood that she had a mum who kept, you know, taking her to other places. She never, this is one of the things you learn early on, that she never stayed at a school for very long. Her dad, when we meet him, seems very sort of switched on. He's got a new family, but they're quite distant for different reasons. Her mum is this you know, person with bipolar issues who has got this sort of leech of a boyfriend who is making her rent out of her house as an Airbnb. And and she doesn't want the same life she had for her daughter. She doesn't want again. to admit that she's going down the same path. No. And she's, no. she doesn't know how she found herself there. And she doesn't want to be- believe that she's become that sort of a person. But it doesn't ever look down on... No, no. And that's what I... That as I say... Yeah. There are bits of it that I loved, and it's a shame that that there were bits that took me out of it because I I really wanted to like it, and I think you know she's excellent, and I would recommend people make their own minds up about it. I'm not saying don't watch it because actually I think different people will have different opinions, but just me personally, there was too much, too many little things and little questions, little plot holes that for me took me out of enjoying it as a whole rather than just enjoying sections of it. Made is available on Netflix, but before I tell you that, I should tell you what... Um... Deck your home with blinds.com DIY or let us install Free design consultation Free samples and free shipping. Free, 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 free. Ho, ho, ho. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Our guest who couldn't appear. In fact, we should just wish it had done this with Gary years ago. (laughs) Imagine how much time I would have saved in the edit. In Maid, Margaret Qualley in the lead role as the brutalised heroine Alex shows herself to be a better actress than her real-life mum, Andy McDowell, who is more like the comic relief so far with a rather overblowing stab at autistic behaviour. I think Poverty. it's more bipolar behaviour, yeah. I would have said. Yeah, yeah. I like this because it makes us feel like we're on points of view. 
Poverty porn is very hard to get right on screen. It often goes full Dickensian and too miserable to be true, or it can be more nuanced. I don't know Stephanie... She said Stephanie Landsman, but it's Stephanie Land, isn't it? Novel on which this is based. But I hope it doesn't just ape the producer's previous work in Orange is the New Black. It needs to go somewhere that Quali's performance deserves. So I think she seems to be falling sort of in the middle somewhere. I'm, I'm obviously didn't enjoy Andy McDowell's performance. The world that the the person who it's based on, I was reading an article she'd written about actually feeling sorry for some of the people that she cleaned for. And actually, you know, you saw that first episode where she was in the child's room and the, the um, Anika Nonni Ross character. That comes was, back. Was say yeah, and I I I would understand it does. I think you get the impression that they had a child that they lost, even though she was sort of saying that this is a room we've done up as a nursery because we're selling the house soon. You know, the the article that she wrote, and it is if you go on her Wikipedia, it is one of the external links on there about how she felt sorry for the people she was cleaning because there was a lot of emptiness in their lives and 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 bits like that. And I think. As you say, the performance is nuanced, and I think the story isn't always that nuanced. I think it laps in, lapses into the quirkiness, as as, uh, as Deborah said there, with the Andy McDowell almost being the comic relief rather than giving sort of an authentic performance of someone with with bipolar disorder. The only, I suppose, poverty porn in in quotation marks was the bits where you see her counting down the amount of money she's got whenever she buys something that you know really just... stressed me out and i know that's <laughs> something we do i know we we all do it to an extent every day of our lives but it really stressed me out mm, and that whole, got, they've got a running total of all the money she has and what she spends and she's left with virtually nothing at the end and you see her money go down as she buys the things or is forced to buy her cleaning equipment for the maid job and it's it's really stressful, and then there's an awful accident sequence that I found really traumatic. Netflix doesn't do a lot of shows like this, and they need mm. to do more like it, and so I champion it for that. And, and they, I agree with you. As we keep saying, the lead performance is, is the reason to watch it at all. I just think she's brilliant. Made all on Netflix now, should you want to see which side of the fence you fall on, whether it be mine or Matt's. Next up, then, is an ITV drama that is airing weekly, is not available on the ITV Hub in its entirety, but is on BritBox, the night of its transmission. This is called Hollington Drive. It is the new drama from Twitter friend of mine, Sophie Petzl, and it focuses on a pair of sisters, played by Rachel Sterling and Anna Maxwell Martin, in this rather swish drive called Hollington Drive. It's like a little um, suburb or like an estate. It's sort of it, it's almost like a suburban yeah, housing like estate. Housewives type. Yeah, like yeah. Wisteria Drive. I think that's it doesn't where, look like, it doesn't look particularly British is you know mm, I mean there are there are places like this, you know, these are sort of like these I've new build... I've never been invited to any of them. I, I, I think what it's meant to be is one of these sort of new build housing estates that are sold to middle, upper middle class families where, you know, it's picket fence. It's almost like the American 
equivalent of the white picket fences. A dog and the two children. A dog and, and the two children, you know, perfect. Good, good, good catchment area for local schools. Good, your good children, landscaping, but, big yeah, rooms, you're, you're having children. people over. I think, I think the thing is, it's the place where they tell you your children will be safe be here. Safe. And obviously, yes. when you explain the plot, they won't be. But I think that's, that's what um sophie petzel's trying to do here is it's that you know and when when the characters early on are saying you know we're thinking about relocating or you can't leave the drive you can't leave, why the, drive. Would you want to leave the drive anyway yeah, why would carry you? On. um so this focuses on anna maxwell martin and rachel sterling sister characters anna maxwell martin's Teresa has a son who goes out very early on to play with his cousin you got like half an hour or yeah. forty-five minutes. Half you know, an like hour her... before, din- before dinner's ready. This is how mm. long it's going to be. Yeah, Go and, out, come back. and after half an hour, that she gets worried. Her husband, who's not dad to to the son, no. says, "You know, give him a little bit longer." She goes. They're not at the park. She panics. They're, they're, He's not answering yep. his phone, and then she finds them where you you know. Go on. In like a wooded area, yeah. arguing, and trying to dispose of something in a bin. It then transpires that a local boy is missing. This is a boy who um, Anna Maxwell Martin's son didn't get on well with, it turns out. And it starts to question, did her son have anything to do with the disappearance of this young boy? Alex is the name of the boy. And what do you do in that situation? Do you protect your son or do you find out more and and dob him in? And it, it turns out that actually... The son is the product of rape, and so mm. Anna Maxwell Martin's character doesn't really know the son that she's bringing into the world. He does have anger issues; it does worry her. She has flashbacks of being gagged by this man, and she she reluctantly tells the story of the rape, and it starts to dawn on her. You know, what if my son is the product of his father, a man who I don't mm. know anything about, and um. And is this something I got to worry about? Is this missing child something that I should be looking closer to home at? So that is the the basic it's, premise of Hollington. Drive. It's the it's the sort of nature nurture mm. um, debate. Before you give your opinion, can I just add a couple more bits? Because I think I watched this after you did, so it might be just yeah. a bit fresher in my in my mind. So the sort of the setup here is that uh, Anna Maxwell Martin's character Teresa. It's sort of like a blended family. So her husband Fraser has a teenage daughter, and they live with. They've got married, and both of their children they live together. And then Rachel Sterling is the headmistress at the local primary school, so she's sort of front and centre when this child goes missing. Of you know, if you know anything about the disappearance, come to me. Come to one of your teachers. We also find out from the class teacher of Alex, that they were worried about possible neglect in the family home. And, and then when we go we go into that home, you know, we meet his dad played by Jonas Armstrong and it transpires that he is having an affair with Rachel Sterling's character. This one's really tricky for me because Sophie and I speak just not about shows, but just in general on Twitter, very supportive of the site and... You have to put all that aside to review it as a as a piece of work, just as we would any other show on the podcast. And I understand what she's going for is this heightened thriller, and I I just couldn't really get on board with it completely. 
I was thinking of you and thinking you must be watching this thinking it's rich people again. They're moaning they're moaning about the perfectness of their life and that really sort of got on my nerves. I, I, I don't know. I just it just was too heightened, too, you know, holiday read for me. And I've read interviews with Sophie where she said she likes to write things that are a bit bonkers that you wouldn't get away with in any other medium. And I completely can see that that's where she's going and there's echoes of other BBC thrillers that we've talked about like The Replacement and stuff like that and sometimes they grip you but I think Anna Maxwell Martin as brilliant as she is at this sort of nervous energy that she does I, I couldn't relax in it, turn my brain off and let it just wash over me as a piece of enjoyable silly thriller I just I couldn't get on board with it and I wish I felt differently How dare you put words in my mouth but, yeah, I, I, I did feel it was all middle-class people complaining about the pair. I thought you would. It was <laughs> the first thing that struck me. Is like, I know exactly what Matt's going to say. The bits I really liked were with the with Alex's parents, with, with Jonas Armstrong. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know the the actress who plays the the mum. No. Um, no. Is it Jodie McNee as Jean? I'm just looking at the cast list now. Um, who's this nurse, you know, uh, who's very hardworking and, and, you know, she was at work when... And, and I, I would have liked to have seen the story possibly through the... And I know we've had that before through the eyes of the parents. I, I thought Jonas Armstrong was my favourite thing about this, actually. I think he is a very underrated performer, you know. a very similar character in the first series of The Bay, though. Almost identical. Oh, I didn't watch The, the Bay. I just remember, you know, the, the performances he gave in Line of Duty and in The Street, and I know that was years ago, but... It, not that's Robin just, Hood. Not Robin Hood, no. But I, I, I did like him in this. I felt everyone else was a bit sort of passive-aggressive, as these yeah, people often are. Yeah, well, always very, like that. Very passive-aggressive, because that's how middle-class people often are, Luke. You know, they yeah, are... I don't know whether they bar- are or whether they're just portrayed that bar- way. Barbecues in the back garden, everything's brilliant. It almost had this horror aspect to it, and I don't know if so- if that's what Sophie was doing, you know. Possibly, if you yeah, move like away from wives. There's like almost like a Stepford Wives slash Rosemary's Baby type element to it. And as you say, you know... Anna Maxwell Martin and Rachel Sterling are both excellent actresses, and they I think they do try. I, I didn't get as much of that about the sun as you did, actually, in terms of it does make sense now you've said it, but I didn't get the I am worried that it, my son is like his father, who I didn't know, in the sort of nature nurture debate, um, which it might be something that's brought up more as the series progresses, but. I did find it all a little bit forgettable, if I'm honest. Nothing about it really it, it stayed comes... with me. And I, I think because I've watched these two quite powerful Netflix series after, you know, Maiden and Squid Game, despite of what we thought about them, were very distinctive and yeah. had sort of a lot to talk about. Whereas this, I mean, it is a very much what goes on behind closed doors. We, it's just one of those where it does feel very samey. And, and again, it, the other thing it reminded me of is that recent one with um, Jill Halfpenny, where she thinks her son is oh, still alive. Is that the drowning? The drowning. <laughs> um, as I say, apart from the performance by Jonas Armstrong, which I, I enjoyed, which was very a minimal sort of factor of this, possibly it might be my sort of tin ear for middle-classness in oh. these sort of dramas. Yeah, but, you, and... but you've got... 
a higher propensity for not silliness, but we talked about it before. Where you heightened, can... heightened, heightened things. Bonkers. Yeah, and th- this is definitely bonkers and heightened. Yeah, I wouldn't say this was bonkers though, because it was about the it, it was about the disappearance of a boy. I don't think it did go bonkers. What What do you think about it? Was bonkers? Because I thought it was meant to be very. It, it was very. It was trying to be realistic. It was trying to be about these, well, just you know, just the conversation seemed a bit heightened for me. Just the world yeah. seemed a bit heightened. Yeah, I that, wouldn't agree that, with that. For me, that for me could have been set anywhere in the world. It could have been set in Melbourne. It could have been set in LA. It could have been set in New York. It wasn't. It wasn't authentic, which no. is different from it being heightened. I don't know why they haven't box setted it because I think if it if it hmm. is the sort of thing that gets people under the under the skin, then people should it's, have the... It's thoughts. odd the decisions they've made about the drama, you know, because mm. they... Stephen was three weeks, they stripped Manhunt, they've now put Gordon, Gino and Fred on Monday nights, and now they, they're going to be repeating Code of a Killer after that, but they decided with Hollington Drive to do it weekly on a Wednesday. It's all very strange, these sort of ITV I schedules. Understand. I can't understand them at all. Hollington Drive, Wednesday nights, nine o'clock on ITV. And finally, Matt. Have we got oh. Deborah's thoughts? Oh, yeah, sorry, weed them out. It's hard not to see a bit of Anna Maxwell Martin's motherland persona in Teresa, another domestically brutalised character, although this time by her monstrous sister Helen, played by Rachel Sterling, in a performance that weirdly recalls her mum Diana Riggs' performance in Mother Love. Remember that? I don't, do you? I don't, no. No? no and we're quite good for, uh, for remembering... Yeah. Obscure ITV. I've got another. I, I actually, after I finish reading Deborah's, I've got another allusion to an obscure ITV drama Go that on. I forgot to bring Go up on. earlier. We now know that thanks to Detective Sergeant Parks, Jim Howick. So she's gone on, obviously. How? Did you say it was not being box setted on BritBox? No. Because hmm. we didn't meet Jim Howick, did we? No. No. That the children probably had nothing to do with the killing of their classmates. But everyone in this. Settlement seems to be a bit step for wives. Helen and Teresa seem to live in show homes, far too luxurious for the light for the likely income of the people living in. They are bankers' homes. Head teachers can't afford these pads. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Jim Howitt's copper. He can do dark very well. The male partners also need a bit more fleshing out. There is a tension between Helen and her family that needs more airing. So what was the obscure Squid Game? Oddly reminded me just a tad of the reckoning cat's face oh yeah oh, do you remember no, the, the reckoning. reckoning yeah very good chris lang's the reckoning yeah. where it was he... you can if you want this money kill a person who deserves to die and, and i mean that, that one really yeah but we didn't know that did we because it was all focused on ashley jensen's character and then we sort of saw this ricochet of different people building up to her making the decision whether she wants to kill this person and how it all fit together in the end and and it got me thinking about you know what's the end game for squid game because we saw i suppose one thing we didn't mention going back to squid game quickly is when they are playing this game we see like the the sort of ringmaster watching them with like a he's got like a uh, whiskey tumbler. It's like and he's Noel listening. Edmonds when he used to do NTV. He just <laughs> he's listening to Fly Me to the Moon while these people are being shot. And and that's what got me thinking about that really, is like, what is the motivation behind this? And I'm guessing that we will get like a 
reveal perhaps in the last episode of Squid Game, and that's why the reckoning sort of came into my mind. Arlington Drive, Wednesdays, not ITV, four-parter. Finally... And, and just something I would just finish off on what Deborah said is she said, I have so much more that I wanted to say on these shows. I'm furious that I couldn't take part this week and hope to speak to her next time. So finally then, only murders in the building. You'll remember uh, that Matt and I reviewed this. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, comedy podcast, mystery, crime drama... A few weeks ago when it premiered on Star on Disney Plus, I wanted to talk about it last this week. Uh, Matt said he wasn't sure he could add anything in and then they did something special that I wanted to discuss and I will just quickly do the synopsis of the plot. If you've seen it, that'll make sense to you. Oh, I didn't know if you were doing a bit or if I just got you. <laughs> So this is a completely silent episode of Only Murders in the Building. Well, you say it dialogue-free. Dialogue-free, yeah. Because there's music. Tell us all about it. It's hard because you know, obviously, if there's people who aren't watching the show, it's hard to explain the intricacies of the plot and where this character fits in. But it's regarding a character called Theo, who is the son of Nathan Lane's character Teddy, who is the sponsor of uh, the podcast that our lead characters are, are, are doing. I mean, do we need to do a bit of connection between the reviews that we we did last time or...? Um, I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's worth saying we've both stuck with it. We're both really enjoying it. And it is the reason I wanted to bring it up is because it keeps reinventing itself. But I don't know whether you want to go into the intricacies of what's led us here or not long story short the the three leads played by martin short steve martin and selena gomez are investigating the murder of someone in their building they've started a podcast because they're all true crime podcast addicts and that's what it, cool people do yeah uh, well. and you miss yeah, that out unwinding connections to uh, an event that happened in the building several years prior where one of uh, selena gomez's characters mabel's friends plunged from the building and the connection yeah. that that has to this murder because what the victim in this murder is one of her other friends from that time in her life Nathan Lane's character is a theatre producer. Deli owner has financed uh, shows for Martin Short's character Oliver in the past, and he pitches him the podcast, and he agrees to sponsor it. Uh, we learn in the previous episode that he may be connected to the murder in some way, and in this episode, the boy from 6B... We meet his son, Theo, who is deaf. The reason Luke wanted to speak about this, or the reason we both wanted to speak about this today, was the entire episode, there's no dialogue at all. It is all in sign language. We do have the uh, the very bouncy score, which was stuck in my head, because... I know, uh, I know. It's essentially um, Mabel and Martin Short's character, Oliver, trying to snoop on Teddy and Theo and... and uncover their connection and then there's the sort of the subplot with uh, Steve Martin and his date with Amy Ryan's bassoonist Jan they sort of uncover I won't go into everything but they sort of uncover the connection there and, and the connection that Theo had Theo and Teddy had to the death of, of Mabel's friends many years previous when we reviewed this we both said we enjoyed it. We thought it was a breath of fresh air. We were worried perhaps it might lose us if it wasn't able to stick the ending. 
and I wanted to discuss it because I just get entranced by it because if it was just a comedy where these three characters went around the building trying to solve a murder I'd be happy with that what I didn't expect it to become is this really sort of experimental exciting show where it can flip this the camera lens over to a minor character like it did the previous week mm. with the police officer that we spent only a brief amount of time with in episode one where she meets them snooping around the building it puts all the focus onto her mainly and then this week we get this rather revolutionary and, and one of its kind episodes that's done in american sign language which i don't think i've ever seen in a drama or a comedy, to devote this much time to one deaf character. Are you as sort of in love with it as I am at this point? I enjoy it, and I look forward to it every week. It's weird. It's really weird, because I think if, if this was able to binge, I probably would be enjoying it more. Does that make sense? I, no, I see that. I see yeah, that. Yeah, you know, we always go on about sort of linear and that anticipation and, and, and that sort of thing. I enjoy it while I'm watching it, but I don't feel, I, apart from this episode, because of its sort of uniqueness, I don't feel like it's something that I, I would say is very much appointment viewing you know oh, i have to watch the next episode now i i really enjoy it I, I as you mentioned the previous episode with divine joy randolph as the police detective again i really enjoyed that but i i didn't really remember it until you just said it then oh wow uh, okay it's one of those things where you know i do appreciate it i think it's well done i think it's well acted but i don't know if i'm as engaged as you are you know and i, I I found sort of like the the whole thing with Sting was a bit over the top to an extent. And as I say, I really like it. And I, you know, I watch it every week and I thought this episode was very brave and it is something new and something fresh and with characters that you want to root for. So yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't say I love it. I really like it, but I wouldn't say I love it. See, I just look at this as such a little gem. I feel like this wouldn't have been on television a few years ago. And I think it's fantastic that this level of talent is putting something out of this calibre that just keeps surprising me week after week. It's so rare to have three characters be at the centre of the show. You like them all, you care about them all. They're all warm and inviting and I just like to spend half an hour with them a week. And there's not enough shows on television that are that. Perfect half hours where you can just relax and enjoy the company of the people you're with and not have a clue of where it's going. It is far from the predictable, silly mystery that I may have written it off. When well, we, no, when I think we, we really did. enjoyed it. Like, And I think... No, I did. I did. But because it, you we, know, if it, it carried on at that level, would I be so... Mm. It's because it keeps surprising me that mm. I, I have a bit more admiration for it. You know, you do almost every episode get a different character to follow because we had... What what's the character Oscar? We had that Oscar. episode, didn't we? With the 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 last three episodes, I have really enjoyed. I think there you go. The, You're coming the, around to my way. The, the 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 post, but as I say, every episode prior until I've had this conversation with you now, it's sort of you know I watch so much, it's not got that sort of staying power like some of the more powerful things that I've watched. It's not quite there in terms of its tone, in terms of I do like these characters and I, as you say, I enjoy spending half an hour with them and there are some really interesting things. And I think when you're someone like Steve Martin, you've got the clout to sort of do whatever you want, basically, um, without having the producers breathing down your neck mm. like a lot of other things that we get that maybe yeah. we don't like as much as we could have done. 
but again, this is going back to the thing where, say, if you're a big enough name, people will just leave you alone and, and let you get on with what you want. And I think in this case, it has resulted in something that is unique, that is enjoyable, and, and you know, that I do want to see the end of. And, and as you say, this episode specifically was very revolutionary in terms of, you know, it's half an hour with American Sign Language and characters. Do, I mean, the bits with the three leads doing almost sort of like slapstick silent cinema. I really I enjoyed think, that too. Which really I think that Steve Martin and Martin Short probably got a kick out of. The reason I wanted to bring it up is it speaks to where we are in terms of television. Like you say, these are three people at the top of their game, they're big names, and they've been given this platform on Hulu and on Disney+. Plus here in the UK, just to do the show they want to do. And I think we've come such a long way in television that we've got a, a half-hour comedy with Steve Martin in it to talk about anyway. And then to be able to do these experimental things within the fabric of this silly podcast crime drama, I think it, it's, I wanted to talk about it because I think more people need to get on the bandwagon of it because it's a little gem that I haven't seen a ton of people talking about. The people who who do are very enthusiastic like myself, but the majority, you know, again, if this was a Netflix thing, I think we'd all be talking about it. I think that's the power of that brand. You know, maybe more people would be watching this alongside Squid Game. But then how many people watch American Vandal, for example? Yeah, that's very true. I suppose the Netflix comedies, some of them aren't as sort of championed as the dramas. I think things like American Vandal, some of the comedies do get a little bit lost. It's the dramas, I think, that are praised, as you say. It's the sort of the the thing about these streaming services now. There's so many of them that... You know, unless something really jumps out. And it is a surprise that something with this amount of star power has sort of got lost, really, a little bit. I feel like it's got lost here. I know it's been commissioned for a second season at Hulu. And I, I think sometimes even Netflix is surprised by what becomes a hit. So that's why they've been sending all these emails of how Squid Game mm. is so huge. I think it often takes them by surprise that things take off to the magnitude that they do. The fact that there are so many streaming services does make it harder for things like this to break through and it means that sites like ours, podcasts like ours, need to be championing these, not smaller shows, but shows that are doing great things that more people need to know about. And if we turn only a couple of people on to the brilliance of only murders in the building, I'll be happy, basically. Because I... I think it's a great little gem of a show with three people who you really care about and really root for. It sounds bizarre on paper and maybe I'm not selling it very well, but it's just it's just that magic in a bottle, the chemistry between them that you, you can't manufacture. It all just feels very genuine, sweet without being overly sweet, and it knows what story it's telling. And I'm really intrigued when we get to the end. Uh, Only Murders in the Building is on every Tuesday on Hulu in the States, uh, sorry Matt, Hulu. In, Hulu in the States, Hulu. and Disney Plus, I'd star on Disney Plus. I uh, can't do uh, Disney UK. Plus. No, no, I don't want you to. Disney you Plus. <laughs> like Canal Plus. Plus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, because the TV podcast this has been, thank you for listening, thank you to Deborah for uh, messaging in her views, we will have you on the podcast 
next time we're here. Also, we've never said this on the pod before, but if you'd like to join the team, if you'd like to get in touch with us and be part of this small but TV-loving, nice team of people that work We're like a family scene, that don't really like each other. If you want to join in, please get in touch with me on Twitter at LukeCustardTV. If you listen to this every week and think, I have these views, I'd like to share Your them face that. here. I can't promise you payment because this is more of a passion project, but I can promise you exposure and a platform and a place to talk about the shows you love with other people. So if you want to join the team, feel free to get in touch with me. CustardTV.com is the website. Podcast is there. Like, subscribe, all the rest of it that you always do. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you to Matt. And we'll Thank speak you to you soon. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Deck your home with blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Free samples and free shipping. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high quality window treatments with no showroom mockups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.